You're sure you won't have a sandwich? Pardon? What's your favorite scary movie? Swallow this. Welcome back to another episode of the Arrow in the Head show. John. Oh. Lance, back together again on a Friday. I am pumped because we're going to talk about a movie um, that I've always loved. Always. Always, 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 since the first time I ever saw it. Uh, But before then, what are you drinking, bro? Life is still tough. I am what you call working poor. But this time I have water in. What is this? Oh, look at this guy. Because you had one on on Wednesday, so I decided that I was going to pull up mine. And then we would both be sad. Very cool. Well, I guess you know it's a it's a sensitive moment between us because you're drinking out of a cup with my zombified face on it, or was it a Terminator like face on it? This is the, uh, the well, I consider this the new uh, logo, but I guess it's old it's now. It's still me, yeah, it's still me. You notice the knife is a knife from Cobra. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. I I, um, I noticed that a little while back, and I was like, oh, because you know Cobra is something that we're gonna yeah. try to revisit eventually, and I was like, oh, uh, yeah, you know me, man. Well, as I said, there's a connection today because I'm drinking this, and this is mead that I created mm-hmm. myself, thanks to my good homebrew Lance, who sent me a kit to make it and a really entertaining video as to how to make it. We should actually just show a clip of that video right now. Why? 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 Ooh. Whoa! 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 Yeah. whoa, whoa. <laughs> that was for you. I made you a video, so you don't have to fucking read about it, buddy. Uh, no, it's for that little bit, you know, j- shake and shake a little more. It's for everybody now. And once you have it all in there, shake this fucking thing like it's going out of business. And once you're done shaking, you know, shake a little more. <laughs> uh, well, how did it turn out, man? Because it has a good color. I, I like the huh? color for sure. So I, can I didn't tell. even drink up to you. Well, cheers, even though you got water. Cheers, my man. Yeah. Cheers, cheers to all of you. Hello, my friend. All right. Well, here's the thing. So let me start off saying this. I, um, uh, my Nana, she's no longer with us. Uh, was always a badass, uh, a woman that was always ahead of the game, never rested. Um, and for most of my life, we would go see movies together, current movies. Uh, you and me are going to hopefully do Waterworld today because I saw that like six times because she was all about Waterworld. I'm like, yeah, Nana. <laughs> but the reason I tie this in is because she only had like six VHSs when I would go visit her at her house. And one was Psycho because she loved Psycho. And so I watched Psycho all the time. Went to Universal. I don't know if, it, I, if it's what it was called, the Hitchcock Experience. I don't know. Universal is dead to me now because they killed everything. I used to go on that all the time. You learn about birds. You learn about... Uh, Psycho and uh, Rear Window and yada, yada, yada. And so when I was at the video store as a kid, I rented the second one and I absolutely loved it. I remember she was like, that's shit. It's not good. I don't think she swore, but that was her reaction. Yeah. But I always loved it. I mean, I, to be fair, I kind of like all of them. Um, no, let me rephrase that. Uh, I do like all of them. But this one is come a long way. I think people respect it now, but I'm, I'm going to say this for the life of me. It was not respected when I was a kid. And so I almost feel like the kid who knew the band when they were playing like little indie shows and now they're it's in an arena and i'm like hey i was there first this was not universally loved like it is now but i'm glad that people came around because john i think you and me are going to just sit here and really agree with each other it is impressive that a sequel to a classic can be this 
classy yet still feel authentic to what it is. Yeah, like it was uh, 23 years later. Yeah, because it was 60 and this is 83, yeah. Yeah, so no, Psycho 2, um, by the way, directed by uh, Richard Franklin, who directed one of my favorite uh, childhood movies, which was Cloak and Dagger with Henry Thomas, and written, of course, by Tom Holland, the great Tom Holland, who also directed Child's Play. Yeah, friend, um, you know, friend. Yeah. Psycho 2, and, you know, I watched it a couple days ago for, for the show, and again, I all I keep thinking is this movie does not have the right to be this good. It's like really bravo to uh, you know uh, Tom Holland and and his really tight and you know a, a screenplay, but a, a screenplay that nods to the original, but also manages to do its own thing. And I'm sure following up. A mammoth classic like the original Psycho must have been a daunting task, but they really pulled it off, man. And I, I pretty much love everything about this movie. I, I can't, and I, I could end the show right now. And you know, it's just everything about this movie is is amazing. Um, Anthony mm-hmm. Perkins' uh, performance, that the, the way that they they, they bring uh, pathos to to the Norman Bates character, like you feel for him throughout. There, there's a scene I don't know if you remember where. He breaks down and, and cries and Meg Tilly's character uh, comforts him. And that was actually Anthony Perkins' uh, request to have a scene like that to to create a, a stronger bond between the, the two characters. So, you know, Perkins asked you know, the director and, and the writer and he said, okay, let's, let's wing this scene. And just that scene alone, it's, it just brings so much sympathy uh, to the character. But yet, you know, by the time we get to the last act, you know, he becomes scary. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing that this movie does that I think has the most balls and that I don't know if it would work done today because I think, I, I don't know if they could handle the, the nuance because we don't we do not do nuance anymore, not well. Yeah. We bang is people that, over the head with messages. Yes. Now. Ding, ding. Yeah. Is that this entire movie is actually very pro-normal. You know, he's, he's the victim this entire time. And, yeah. You know, and... Doesn't kill anybody. Well, I, oh, the very last scene. But I mean, yeah. up until that point, where well, that's a twist. Which, He's completely which I want to comment on later on. By the way, guys and dolls, we're going to spoil the shit out of this movie. If you have I, not seen Psycho 83, yeah. press stop, spank yourself, and go watch it, then come back and watch this dribble. All right, go on. It's one of those things that I've noticed more as I've gotten older. Because I, I own this, I've owned on DVD, I own the Blu ray set. Um, is that it's very sympathetic. It's a sad story of you know, this guy that gets out. You know, being cleared from being mentally incompetent. He, he spends his time. He does his time. He gets out. And then they just kind of fuck with him and break him. I mean, that's yeah. the movie. The movie is, the movie. is innocent. Like, he's not innocent in terms of he did he did murder people in the original. But I think it's a cool idea to say, okay, what if the man did his time and actually was able to, like, be a part of society again? You know, it's, it's it, like I said, it's nuance. It's, yeah. you know, uh, Marion Crane's sister does want him out. And that makes sense. I don't know, sweet and kind of sad and and little and low key. It's a low key movie because clearly, like the slasher genre was or subgenre was, you know, coming to its own around this time. And there's hints of that in there, but I would say this is like a a, a procedural drama, honestly, with slasher elements. Slasher but I think elements, yeah. But balanced in a way that I I still think I would say this movie is classy. That's how I describe Big it. Time. It's classy. Totally agree. And, and and I mean, the directing is classy. The camera work is classy. There, there's yes. a beautiful shot when uh, 
which m reminded me of a shot uh, in Tenenbaugh by Argento. I don't remember who came first, but where Norman is uh, locked in the attic and the camera is on the window, like it's a circular window, and it and then it goes like this and then goes along the rooftop to then do a top shot of the two kids going into the uh, cellar to go fool around. Yes. Long, one beautiful long take. And I was like, oh, look at this shit. Look at this shit. That was a thing of beauty. And, and there's an elegance about the film in both instances when it's its own films, but also, you know, many times you see callbacks to the original in terms of shots. Yeah, Which, uh, to, you know, Toomey's face cut, I think, was a little callback to the detective on the stairs to get his yeah, face cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, the, the directing is, is is stylish, but not in a way that I thought was aggressive, which is fine. I love aggressive directing. But you're right, that that cool little long tracking scene, it's funny, because at first I was like, I've never seen Ten of Bread. I was going to kind of give you a hard time, but like, I actually remember that scene because it was on Joe Bob, and there was like some nudity, right? It was like the... the, the yeah. <laughs> I didn't remember it. Yeah. The use of Dutch angles in this, the, yeah. there's a lot of top wides. I mean, it's... yeah, the, when he goes up the stairs, oh. or the, the last, the last frame, which is yeah. uh, you know him with the house, uh, a bit of on a low angle, if I remember correctly. Iconic shot, actually, so much so that they printed it out for the cast and crew that last frame as Christmas cards when they finished wrapping the movie. I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, it's 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 something I, I mean, I wrote down like, yeah, the, the writing is tight. The directing is tight. The performance it respects everything that came before uh, and, and doesn't. I mean, it's cool because it, it's it's a really different movie. It, it, it connects, obviously, logistically, and it, co it connects sort of in, in the character sense. But it's not beholden so much in the original that I almost feel that it's nowadays if this exact movie came out it would be a requel or a soft reboot, meaning that like we would take it 23 years later like they did now, but they would just do the same movie twice. And the fact that we were at a time where movies were still telling stories, yeah. I, I'm so you know elated to watch something that is completely different, completely different. You know, like I said, it's a drama, the said man, this, the, the family of uh, Marion Crane's sister and her daughter, which is Meg Tilly, that yeah. are, they're slowly just kind of messing with her. And then you have these like slasher elements that are are, are like the third part. It's like, okay, yeah. well then is Norman crazy? Are these people killing us or a third? I just think that's such a cool angle to, to take for a movie that is, to quote you, far better than it has any right to be. It really is. It really is. Actually, Quentin Tarantino likes it more than the original. I love that guy, but that's a hot take for the sake of a hot take. Yeah, but I'm just saying that's, that's sure, sure. I see. That's the thing is, I don't think I could. I don't think I'd say that because they're so different and they're so set apart. Yeah, I it's agree. like I, I guess it's them. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 too far. You know, though I would say out of the the new trilogy that came out of this, even though I guess four wouldn't really be part of the trilogy, but whatever. Let's just say it's a trilogy. This is the best one, even if I do have a, a longing love for part three, yeah. Yeah, which I, mean, I hope we cover one day because three is. Three is, I think, what two could have been without the class. Because three, I love, but three to me is like, okay, what if Norman Bates was a slasher movie, and yeah. that's what we get. And then you got Jeff Fahey being awesome, and it's it's great in its own right. The but lamps, this, baby. the lamps, yeah. <laughs> dude. As a kid, oh, as a kid, I was like, you know, because again, you know, we didn't have the internet, so like all the the poor pictures uh, on the the walls, I was like, yeah. you know, drawn to it, and they just sit there covered as junk and the girls doing. I was like, yeah. what is this? <laughs> but no, I mean. <laughs> I love the reboot three is what this could have been yeah. and it wasn't. And I think that's why I respect two so much is that it's, it's restrained in a way that I respect. And another thing that classed it up was uh Jerry Goldsmith score. 
Yes. Beautiful. Yes, it, it is a good score. Moody, evocative score. Uh, it really, it really did a fantastic job at yeah, supporting the themes and and and, and the emotions it had. Yeah, it's uh, it's rare that you know. I'll t I remember when I reviewed it as the Arrow uh, a bazillion years ago, I, I gave it a four and four. So I had nothing negative to say about this movie. Or how about actually before I get to that, just a little bit of trivia. Have you caught all the Easter eggs that are in there, like in terms of the original film? Or I don't know. I might have caught some. Like, I, don't, uh, I don't know. The Meg Tilly character, uh, you know, says that her name is Mary Summers, I think. But Mary Summers was the name that Marion Crane in the original gave when she she checked in the hotel. That was her. Oh no, I didn't. Place. I didn't catch that. No. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of also little Easter eggs, visual visual cues, and also just little elements here and there. Like there's a shadow of Alfred Hitchcock. You know his. Remember Alfred Hitchcock presents. Oh yeah, he walks into the. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, but you have a. You know, he had a distinct shadow. Yeah. So, when, so what? Twenty-five minutes in, about when Norman or somebody opens the room to mother's bedroom, you see a shadow. I, I've heard of. I, I I read that actually once. I, I don't think I noticed it, but good. So that was That's cool. Good. You know, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of repeating what I said before, but they they, they were making their own film, while at the same time. You know, acknowledging the original, but I think they did it in a very classy and and uh, inventive way. Really, it's so, balanced uh, in a way that would never exist now. To, to no, go back to what we're talking about, yeah, they'd yeah. be preaching to me about this and that. And I was gonna say, I I I, I had to look up his name because I don't know if I'm saying correctly, but I always forget he's in this because he's like slightly younger, and I and I always remember him from Big. Is uh, Robert Loggia? I think I'm say it right. Great Robert Loggia, yeah, man. <laughs> I, I love like, that oh, guy. But he's just so cool. He's so cool. He's like, you know, uh, he says something at the beginning, and I think this is a great example of how you balance things. Because he goes, hey, Norma, I'm so sorry, you know, with all the budget cuts nowadays, we can't afford a social worker. And that's clearly a commentary in the times of cutting, you know, mental health facilities and stuff like that. But like, you know, but that makes sense story-wise. Nobody's checking out Norman. Things are getting kind of wild. But I think that's a cool idea. It's a cool little line of dialogue that explains like oh yeah he'll be alone and the, the, the doctor tries to check up he goes to the um the old cop and i love the cops this are very like blase about people disappearing like i was norming up to his old tricks again it's like you should be you should be a little more active sir there might be a murder but he goes the the guy he goes you should tap his phone he goes ah, this ain't washington dc <laughs> <laughs> like the doctor's like trying to help and figure things out and people are just like ah small town problems for small town people so but i just want to bring up uh Bring up that guy because every I forgot Logic. how classy he is, and he adds a lot to it. And we talk about the the best character in the entire film, which is Toomey. People come here to party. They stay a few hours, and then they leave. What more you can ask from a motel so far from the beaten track, huh? Hey, gonna get a little service around here or what? Huh? Hey, cutie. Is he not hilarious the entire time? Scumbag. Yeah. <laughs> Like sweaty, hairy, like these small Hawaiian t-shirts. It just looks like dog shit the entire time. <laughs> there's, uh, there's a part where it's like uh, he goes into the restaurant where Norman works, and so does uh, Meg Telly's character, and he's and he's like basically har harassing her that um, yeah. that she slept with them, and she's like, oh, you know, just because I stayed over doesn't mean that we made love. And he, and he has this this line. I just his his accent reminds me of home so much that I absolutely love it. He goes, uh. Hey, right, you're the kind, kind that doesn't, doesn't uh, kiss, kiss and tell. And, and I was just like, oh my God, is that my neighbor? Am I home? <laughs> hey, Norman, awesome. at least people uh, 
people here have fun. You know, he's just this fucking, this sweaty old Chicago. Like, he should be making, if he's not making Italian beef somewhere, you know, in, in, in life, then he's losing. I mean, no, he's rich, but I mean, that exact person should be making Italian beef and, like, swearing. He belongs in part three, actually, if we're being real clear. We kind you know? well, I guess Fahey kind of yeah, is. Fahey's like the other version, guy. but if yeah. him and Fahey were together in a movie with these exact characters, I would say it might be the best movie ever made. You could have been coming instead of going. <laughs> a buddy movie, a buddy movie, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I agree that, you know, that dude was, was something. Uh, another angle you just reminded me, you know, like the scene in the uh, diner. First of all, for nostalgic purposes, I remember the first establishing shot of the diner, I think when Norman comes in to, to get his job and you see a Miss Pac-Man arcade game in the, in the left-hand side. And, you know, pe people are smoking in there, you know. I'm like, ah, remember those, I remember those days. Ah, the good old days. People are smoking. I know smoking's bad for you, but I don't know. Nostalgia. You know, simpler times. It's a Miss Pac-Man thing in the back. As a kid, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I just love that. And actually, every scene that happens in that diner, let's just talk about the suspense of the film. It's fucking genius. The scene with the, the note, you know, and... Yeah, don't let that whore in my house or something. Yeah, I, I thought that was... Yeah, exactly. I thought it was really brilliant the way they went about it because if that scene was done... The obvious way to do that scene is you don't set up the note to the audience right away. He, you're, he's just turning notes and it comes out, ah, kind of, oh my God, you know? But the fact they show the audience the note before Norman sees it. And then we yeah. follow that ticker thing, turn and turn, because we know shit's gonna hit the fan when it gets to Norman. I thought it was a brilliant way to uh, generate uh, suspense and tension. About what? About a fucking note on the thing though. But it worked gangbusters. But it, it brings the point that like, we don't really know what's going on. And then Toomey comes in and he's super aggressive and there's those Dutch angles. And then Norman comes out with a knife and you know, we're yeah. just not sure. Like we're just kind of pushing Norman little by little. And that's what the movie does is the note's a good example of like, hey, we're poking, we're poking. You know? Oh yeah, are they ever? And when he, when he finally fucking snaps, for me, when the, um, I guess, scary is not the word, but it's a scene where there's so many of those, so bear with me. He's on the phone talking to mother and Meg Tilly's character thinks that it's, uh, her mom so she walks upstairs and picks up the phone you know norman this hang up the phone but he's not talking to anybody he's literally he's not sad. talking to anybody on the phone anymore like before the the way they, they they built it up and correct me if i'm wrong because i'm old and i have a foggy memory but the way they built it up he would be talking to someone like either it was make telly's mother yes they were switching off to mess with them and then finally yeah. it wasn't because she's dead by this point the mom's yeah, dead but by then this maybe point. it was his real mother as pretty ending at a certain point so yeah she's probably mixed in yeah yeah and then it's nobody when when it gets to nobody and we as the audience realize that there's nobody on that phone i'm like okay man make telly you you know because I, I was scared for her you know so she did her job as, as an actress to make her endearing and even though she was, you know, fucking Norman over. Oh, she's I'm, I'm like, oh, dude, you're screwed, dude. Get the fuck out of the house, man. He's talking to himself now. It's over. So you want to tell me your favorite scene? I'm a school. This nice old lady is drinking tea. Oh, yeah. He's like, you sure you don't want a sandwich? Dang. I mean, I, it's an overhead shot and just the, the, the chair collapses. I mean, yeah. it's one of those that it, if, if I'm being real honest, it kind of walks that line of being hilarious and awesome because it's, well, it's a, she's it, old. It, i think it's played that way on purpose it's it's a dark humor 
It's yes. Okay. That, that's fair. Because I always, I always <laughs> this poor old lady, and she's fucking knocks her up, man. He, you know, I don't know. I always, well, I, yeah, I always put yeah. it. That but scene. it's also, you know, the scene that pushes because it's like, okay, now we know we're red. Oh, that went when at the end, right? Yes, yes. The yeah. very last, he kills yeah. his real mom, which yeah. is a, you know, um, changes the perspective of all the movies. I mean, if you think about this, I, if anything, this did that might be considered sacrilegious is like essentially changed the um, the origin, but I don't mind. I think it worked for this. Well, yeah, no. Yeah, it's, it's slightly changed the origin, but it basically brought it back to the original now he has a new mummified corpse yeah, that's yes that's, that's his mom, his and mom. now he's nuts but uh, that scene the beauty about that scene and even when i watched it there's no cut from the actress sitting there to him whacking her on the head i can't see the cut there, there has to be a cut because obviously he, he didn't whack that that poor you know uh, woman <laughs> over the head but watch that scene again and, and tell me if you and you guys and dolls too actually watch when you watch cycle two again or watch the ending and tell me where the cut is as to where it's a dummy getting hit over the head because obviously the the shovel connects that somebody takes the bump and they look old so it's not like you know it's it's not uh it's not some dude with a wig yeah um, if it is it's a frail looking dude but i mean it, it is a connecting shot for sure and it looks good. I, I, I mean, it's something that you don't ever see. It's seamless. No. Yes. It's seamless. Which, so that's, that, that seems always interesting. I mean, I have no... The only other thing I want to say real quick is that when... Um, I keep calling her Norma's sister. I feel bad. I should actually... Uh, uh, Vera Miles or Mil... Yeah. Vera... Who was in the original. Incident. Yeah, yeah. She was her sister. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm saying that. Vera Miles? I apologize. Yeah, that's it. Lilia. Well, she gets stabbed in the mouth. Like yeah. that's like that's one of those few scenes that like that's the slasher part. It's just yeah. ah, and it's such a cool little kill, um, kind of along with Toomey's face cut. It's just it's more graphic, and I think it's just a cool thing. Real quick, how about where, when when Lajia gets it? When Lajia gets it, I thought <laughs> like I, 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 no no, but dude, I I thought they were gonna reprise the the falling the of the scene stairs in the original, you know, which is like the body POV, like yeah. Uh, you remember what I mean? You guys know yes, what I mean. Yes, it's the right? stairs. The stairs. Yeah, the stairs. They repeat oh, in no, part no, three. This motherfucker goes bing and hits the fucking railing and then gang, the knife, hits yeah. the ground. I'm like, eee! That was rough. Yeah. So, uh, I thought that was rough. So yeah, the kills were pretty good. Um, damn, man, dude. I, I got nothing. You, you know what? I, I will say this, and I think I'm, I'm bringing us to a close here, but there's always been a magic for me about Cycle. Uh, you know, I saw the original. I saw part two. I remember the first time I went to Universal Studio uh, when I was a kid, and, you know, they had, you know, the set, the Cycle house, and I was yeah. transfixed by that. You know, I, I, I just wanted to run up the hill and go to that hotel and go to that house. And now as a, as a grown man, quote unquote, I still have that morbid fascination when I go to Universal. I think they they have it here in in LA, Universal uh, Los Angeles. They have the Cycle House and the hotel. And when I take the uh, tour, oh, it tour. still does something to me. I still <clears throat> look at that with in awe. It's a beautiful it house. That. Yeah, iconic looking. I mean, nothing like it. No, I yeah. do. You're 100 percent right. I, I went. I was in Universal Orlando. Going to the, the, no, that house is iconic. And that last shot. 
or one last shots is is when Emma Stool walks up and the it's yeah. all shadow and it's yeah. all blue and it's just gorgeous. I mean, yeah, that's 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 it, man. No, this we're on the same page, buddy. So yeah, I don't know, dude. There's just something special about the franchise, even though I didn't care for uh cycle four too much. Not horrible. I just didn't really I have a little nostalgia with it, but but one, two, and three and one or a trilogy though to be very fair those connect yeah, more though like i don't i don't i i like all of them personally but that's because you like the I remake i hated the remake no no but i don't consider that i saw it in theaters uh i remember yeah, being like oh no, no 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 remake doesn't exist i'm saying yeah. cycle one through four i'll always i'll always have a a, a love for and though I, I agree with you four is my least favorite i still watched a lot as a kid so i have like a nostalgia for it but no one two and three man are are bangers definitely definitely we should do three I would love to. The road, definitely. Jeff, Jeff Fahey, man. Okay. And um, I'll end off on this. If you guys want to see a movie with Anthony Perkins playing another psycho, uh, I highly recommend uh, Edge of Sanity, the uncut version, because it's uh, very uh, it's very gory and a lot of nudity. Edge of Sanity. Twice the fear, twice the fun. <laughs> Twins of terror are better than one because I'm bad. Um, check it out. It's it's basically Norman Bates on steroids. All right, man. Well, until next time, John and everybody, I oh, will man. see you guys soon. Thank you very much. What do you think of Psycho 2? Spit the comments below. If you haven't seen it, shame on you. Go check it out. Then come back, watch the show. Then spit the comments below. And uh, Lance, always a pleasure. Love you, dog. And cheers to all of you.